Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of Game Time with Manny. This month, we are going to talk about the original Kingdom Hearts. It came out in uh, September of 2002 here in the U.S., and I remember playing it all the way back then. Um, It is one of my all-time favorites, uh, despite where I believe the series has faltered uh, in the relatively recent future with all of its spinoffs and different iterations spanning over a ton of different consoles. But the original Kingdom Hearts I have a large fondness for. And for one reason or another, I decided to finally play the HD re-release on PS4 within the past couple months. Uh, It isn't exactly the original. It's Final Mix, which was like a special re-release of the game that only came out in Japan until these HD re-releases came to the U.S. on PS3 and PS4. Uh, I I was worried. Um, I was very worried that I wasn't going to feel the same. I was worried that I was wearing some very thick nostalgia goggles because I, I've seen a lot of people go back and play the original Kingdom Hearts and talk about how it's not great and it didn't age that well. Um, but I personally think that it aged just fine. I played it again. I still like it a lot. And that's what we're going to talk about. It's game time. hearts as a thing is really crazy like i only recently started thinking about this but the concept of it is just baffling because it is two huge things that are important to a lot of people that got mashed together into one thing and i'm still not quite sure like how it managed to mesh together in a way that really connected with a lot of people so for anyone who doesn't know uh, most people have probably seen it, but still, just it's better to know what you're talking about. Um, Kingdom Hearts is a mixture between Disney and Final Fantasy. Um, so Kingdom Hearts 1 was released back when the current company, Square Enix, was just Squaresoft. It was before they merged with Enix. Um, and they partnered with Disney to make a video game, well, Tetsuya Nomura, uh, one of the most famous uh, JRPG character designers and things like that. He's well known for a lot of Final Fantasy character designs, and usually they have a lot of, like, zippers and stuff on their clothing. That's, like, his, like, meme thing he's known for. There are a lot of zippers. And I guess there's a lot of zippers in the design of Kingdom Hearts, too. But anyways, he was a designer and lead on Kingdom Hearts and still is the lead on Kingdom Hearts as a franchise, Um, but the concept is uh, there are Disney characters and Final Fantasy characters in the same same universe, Uh, and it creates, like, an interesting, an interesting, interesting game, Um, because it's really weird to see, like, Donald Duck interact with Squall from Final Fantasy VIII, but, like, that's a thing that happens, and I think one of the reasons that it works so well is because... To, like, an average person, 
Disney is usually very important. Um, I personally know a few people who like absolutely love Disney and like have a whole bunch of Disney memorabilia and like all the movies and stuff like that. Disney means a lot to a lot of people. Um, and I think part of it for me, uh, I don't so much follow Disney as much as I used to, but like when I was a kid, like obviously I watched all those Disney classics. Like I've seen the Lion King, Pinocchio, Mulan, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, like all that stuff. And they, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside, which I think that's just something that started to happen relatively recently. Like when I was younger, when I was 12, when Kingdom Hearts first came out, um, like yeah, I thought that the Disney was cool, but I was more interested in playing a unique uh, Japanese RPG, which is what I got. Uh, back then, I think I was a lot more into the Final Fantasy aspect of it, which I think is where the other half comes from. Um, and like Final Fantasy, obviously, it means a lot to me personally because I I just love JRPGs and I love Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy VI uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. I played 11 for a little bit. I recently played 14, 15, like all, all these Final Fantasy games, like I like to varying degrees, but they make me feel good. And I think that they have interesting characters. Um, so Kingdom Hearts combines these two worlds and it's just weird because it actually kind of works out well. Um, the way that they both get brought together is by, uh, Kingdom Hearts introducing characters that are unique to the Kingdom Hearts universe. So you play as a young boy named Sora, and he lives on an island, or I guess it's technically a world called Destiny Island, and it's just like this weird beach paradise, and him and his friends, uh, Kairi and Riku, they hang out and chill every day, uh, but they're, they're tired of their life, right? They're tired of the same old boring thing, and they want to move on and see different worlds. They want to go somewhere different. Um, and the only reason they really know that there is something else out there is because Kairi... Uh, she came to live on the island when she was younger, and she came from somewhere else. Uh, unsurprisingly, she seems to have amnesia about it, because that's a generic JRPG trope, and like a, it seems like a trope in Japanese culture in general, but my feelings on amnesia are well known at this point. Not a fan. But she has amnesia, she doesn't remember, but they, they know something else is out there, and they, they try to go. Uh, the first couple hours of the game are you, like, building a raft and just, like, hanging out and stuff. And it's it's very peaceful. But you, on the night that you are supposed to leave, a storm comes. And Sora goes outside to check it out. And he sees his friend Riku, uh, like, in this swirling darkness. And Riku basically is, I would say, the edge lord of Kingdom Hearts. He's like really edgy and all about the darkness. He gives in to that swirling darkness and it takes him away to somewhere different. Sora, on the other hand, the darkness tries to take him and he fights it off and is given a keyblade. And the keyblade is probably something that most people have seen. It's literally just a sword that is a key. Uh, some of them actually look more like swords, they, it changes over time, but like the original Keyblade, the Kingdom Key, literally just looks like a huge key that Sora is holding that he beats enemies with. Um, so, so Sora is given this key, and he then has to use it to fight off these monsters made of darkness called the Heartless. 
And it is basically when people have their hearts taken uh, by darkness or whatever, they turn into these, like, amorphous blob monsters. And the stronger your will, uh, the bigger type of monster you become. So, like, eventually the Heartless start is, like, these weird little guys that don't really do any damage. And they turn into, like, these huge behemoth monsters or, like, huge dragons, guys with swords and stuff like that. Um... And so Sora Sora takes out a lot of the things on the island and he ends up uh, being blown away from the island more or less uh, and taken to a brand new world called Traverse Town, which is where he's introduced to more Final Fantasy characters. Um, like on Destiny Island, there are like weird young kid versions of like Tidus and Waka from Final Fantasy X and also Selfie from Final Fantasy VIII for some reason. You can fight them and just get like a little bit of experience. Um, but in Traverse Town, Sora meets up with Donald and Goofy who are uh, basically told by King Mickey, he leaves a message for them and says like, hey, go look for the key and they find Sora, and they're like, oh, this must be the person with the key. And then they, they team up, and they uh, they do a whole bunch of fun stuff as the course of the game goes. I'm not going to spoil the plot of Kingdom Hearts for you, but the, the original Kingdom Hearts is very basic in its plot. And that is why I think I like it so much more than like Kingdom Hearts 2 or Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, Birth by Sleep, all, all the spinoffs. Um, not to say that they're bad, it's just they kind of like jump the shark a little bit for me, because the original Kingdom Hearts, I think the reason that I like it so much is because, in my opinion, it is pure. And that sounds a little weird to say, but like, it is just a pure distillation of like, two things coming together, and just like for fun's sake right like it wasn't meant to be this deep interconnected plot or at least maybe it was then but it wasn't hinted at very much uh like kingdom hearts 2 and like the, the follow-up to kingdom hearts 1 that's right before kingdom hearts 2 chain of memories like they kind of go off the rails and they get like a little too anime and convoluted and like by the point you're at in kingdom hearts 3 like the lore is so far up its own ass that it like I, I can't really do it anymore. There, There is a scene near the end of Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance that just, like, made me throw my hands in the air and say, like, what, what is even happening anymore? Like, what is this plot? And, and it get, it does get very weird um, and, like, a lot more edgy and, like, has to do with darkness and stuff like that. But Kingdom Hearts 1 is so pure. It is just a mesh of Disney and Final Fantasy, and it is a classic story of light versus darkness it is about heart having heart and like trying not to give in to despair like that is flat out that is kingdom hearts one that is what it is about and like at you take it at face value and like that is kind of like a lame thing but it's just it's so simple and it works right riku gives into the darkness he gives into the despair Sora fights it off, believes in his friends, and he is the light. So it's like a juxtaposition, right? Like, Sora is the light, Riku is the dark. And throughout the course of the game, like, they're gonna clash, right? And in the end, the light prevails. Okay, spoilers, I know, no one expected that. But the, the light prevails, right? And, like, 
things more or less work out, like there's some sequel set up and stuff like that that kind of takes away from it a little bit, but it's just so simple and clean. I had to say that everyone knows that is the Kingdom Hearts theme song by, uh, I think it's Yutada Hikaru. The, the theme song is called Simple and Clean, but like, hey, it fits perfectly for me because that's what I believe the plot of Kingdom Hearts is. And so... There, there's not a lot of plot in Kingdom Hearts 1, right? Like I said, it is just more or less like a concept of good versus evil. Like, for most of the game, you're just traveling from Disney World to Disney World, trying not to, like, interject too much, but you kind of have to, because the goal is to lock all of the the keyholes in the world so that because you're not supposed to be able to travel between them right because it's allowing the darkness to spread from world to world so the heartless are getting to all these worlds you got to shut the keyhole so that they can't spread between the worlds anymore simple um and so you go through like basic weird versions of like kingdom hearts stories like uh the nightmare before christmas world you got to fight oogie boogie um in aladdin's world you got to save jasmine from jafar uh, j- just stuff like that, right? And in the end, it ends up getting a little more complex. Like, you find out how the Heartless were made and things like that. And and it's it's interesting. And a lot of the stuff that is, like, barely touched upon is, like, made much more deep in Kingdom Hearts 2. And, like, Kingdom Hearts 2 is, like, super crazy. And it's why a lot of people, I think, have gotten to the point where they, like, make fun of Kingdom Hearts, right? Like, they all have a lot of, uh, like, weird names, like 358 over two days, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, right? Birth by Sleep. Like, what does any of that mean? I mean, I know, because I've played almost all of them, but to the average outsider, like, there's not any realistic point where you can just jump into Kingdom Hearts 3 when it comes out within the next couple of years and be like, yeah, I know what's going on. And what I think is even more crazy is you couldn't even just jump into Kingdom Hearts 3 if you only played Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. You would have to have played Chain of Memories, you would have to have played Birth by Sleep, you would have to have played Dream Drop Distance... And theoretically, you would have had to read up on the story of the mobile game that I play a lot, Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key. You would have to have read up on, like, what happens in Recoded and all these crazy things. It is like, why? You shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to look at, like, a fucking flowchart to understand the plot of these games. And Kingdom Hearts 1, I feel like people still now, even people who haven't played the series... Don't even try Kingdom Hearts 1 because they believe that it is like the rest of the franchise and, like, has ballooned itself out of proportion. But I think that a lot of people should try Kingdom Hearts 1. And yes, it could be a gateway to the rest of the series, but, like, Kingdom Hearts 1, I personally think, stands on its own, right? And so that's where we'll... And now I'll start moving into gameplay and things like that. Kingdom Hearts is a basic third-person action game, right? It has RPG elements, because it is a JRPG. It's just an action RPG. You Sora's got his Keyblade. You push the attack button. Uh, you can jump. You can guard. And as you level up, you get more attack, health, and magic. And you can use your magic... Um, and you get skills and abilities that sort of change how Sora's, uh, movement works. Uh, you get some special attacks and things like that. And it's all relatively simple, but it works, right? And King Kingdom Hearts 1 has a lot 
of what I miss about JRPGs, and I think that's one of the reasons why I don't think it has aged super poorly. Like, yes, the combat is not super deep. You can kind of just mash the attack button and then heal or use a spell when you need to. Um, but, like, things like the dodge roll you can use to get out of the way of a lot of damage and things like that, and actually, like, I personally think the dodge roll in Kingdom Hearts 1 is broken because you have so many invincibility frames that it's crazy. Like, when you roll, you're invincible for, like, almost the whole roll and even a little bit until he, like, fully stands up again. It's crazy. So, like, in most hard fights, quote-unquote, you can, like, roll a ton and he won't get hit. But the battle system is simple. And I, a lot of people I have seen uh, who go back to Kingdom Hearts 1 and don't like it seem to criticize... Uh, the movement, the camera, and the the fighting system, right? And, like, the fighting system back then, I remember thinking was kind of cool. But, like, yes, I will concede that it is not very deep. Like, you can just mash and you'll succeed in most scenarios. But what I, what I miss from old games back then, like ones that Squaresoft used to make, are, like, mechanics that actually make you feel more powerful as you go, right? Like... In a lot of recent RPGs, even JRPGs, like things scale to your level a lot, so you never feel like super OP. When I was level 100, because I like almost 100% in Kingdom Hearts, that's how much I was enjoying replaying it again. Um, when you're level 100, you just wreck stuff, right? Like, you beat it in, like, one hit, or, like, the super challenging bosses, like, yeah, you gotta kind of know how the mechanics work, but you can just, like, decimate them pretty easily at level 100, Especially if you have, like, really strong equipment. And, like, that's cool. Um, there are a lot of platforming elements in the game uh, that definitely are not that great. And the camera doesn't help with that. Um, I, I do have to say, the camera is kind of not great at all. And, I mean, it wasn't back then. Like, a lot of those PS2, like, GameCube camera control things are, like, they're rough. That is something that has come a long, long way in video games since, like, the early to mid-2000s is camera control, and, like, that's just a part of the time, and, yeah, I can't really defend that because it does suck pretty bad, but, like, it's serviceable. You can do it. You can move the camera well enough to get through most things, and, and yeah, the platforming is not great, like, jumping from platform to platform, and then if you miss it, you gotta go back and do the whole, the whole thing again, like, the platforming is not great, but at least... It's serviceable, it works enough, um, and yeah, it, it's just enjoyable, like, I, I have fun, it makes me feel warm inside, kind of like comfort food, I guess, like, where comfort food will make people feel, like, safe and at home, that's what the original Kingdom Hearts makes me feel like, and I still feel that way now playing it, um, I don't know if I was, like, playing it for the first time now, and present day that I would enjoy it as much, but I do still enjoy it quite a bit. And another part of that, and that's another thing that I miss from a lot of older games, is side quests actually mean something in this game. Like, there are a whole bunch of things. Like, you have to find the... I, th I think you find 99 Dalmatians, right? Because it's Pongo and Perdita's... all their kids. Yeah, that makes sense, because they would adding them in would make 101. But... When you find that you'll, like, open chests and you'll find three Dalmatians in there, right? And there's, like, a checklist for all of them. And, like, as you go, you can go back to see Pongo and Purdy and you'll get items that are, like, actually cool. Like, you'll get cool accessories and things like that. Um, 
And once you get them all, like, you get a super cool upgraded spell, right? And, like, that's one of the things that I really like, is, like, there are side quests where you have to do a bunch of Colosseum battles. So you'll do all those, and you'll try to get stronger to be able to beat them, and then you'll get cool new weapons and things that you can actually use to fight, like, secret bosses and things like that. Like, the side quests matter, and, like, they feel worthwhile to do. Side quests used to be, like, my favorite thing ever in JRPGs, right? But there was a certain point where they just, like, stopped really meaning anything, like a lot of games like uh dragon age inquisition right like you just do a bunch of side quests and they really give you a bunch of garbage that doesn't matter at all they don't really tell a cool side story um and that happens in a lot of games like shit even even kingdom hearts 2 right you find treasure chests and they just have a bunch of like potions or a bunch of garbage consumable items in there like in kingdom hearts 1 you find a chest there could be dalmatians in there there could be parts for your gummy ship that will help out like because you you have a spaceship that you travel from world to world with and you can like build onto it and stuff and like that's really cool um but yeah like kingdom hearts 2 has like garbage in the way for that and kingdom hearts 1 you can find like cool accessories and things like that and it's just like it's really interesting. Um, there are there are secrets to find, right? Like a lot a lot of modern day games don't really have as many secrets and things anymore, which is it's just a bummer. And Kingdom Hearts One made me happy in that way. I I just I like it a lot, and I I don't know. I did all of the extra stuff uh, that they added in Final Mix, which it's not quite the same as the original Kingdom Hearts. They add a couple more Keyblades. They add a new boss where you fight Xemnas from Kingdom Hearts 2. If you don't know who that is, I can't really explain it because that gets into Kingdom Hearts, like, super weird, convoluted plot aspect. But, like, that's cool. Uh, it was a cool, interesting boss fight that had some cool new mechanics. And it's just fun. I, I have fun playing it. People complain... And rightly so, man. I, whew. like I said, the combat is not that deep. Uh, for, while I was over at a friend's house, he let me play Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix a little bit just to see, like, how much different it was. And boy, I did not remember. The combat system in Kingdom Hearts 2 is a lot more fun. There are some aspects of it that make it a little bit easier, like reaction commands and things like that. But I won't really get into Kingdom Hearts 2 very much right now. But the battle system is a lot better. There is a lot you can do, and it feels so much more fun and fluid. Battles are a little bit more intense, but Kingdom Hearts 1 is serviceable, man. I still feel this way, and I know that not everyone feels the same, but I just like it. I love the concept of Disney and Final Fantasy together, even though a lot of people hate it. And I, I still look forward to Kingdom Hearts 3. So, like, now one of the things that I'm known for among my group of friends is dunking on Kingdom Hearts, like, just talking trash about it all the time as a franchise, and, like, I feel justified in that, right? Like, people who trash on Kingdom Hearts usually have, like, never played one, or, like, have only played Kingdom Hearts 1 or, like, just Kingdom Hearts 2. I lived it, man. I played almost every single one of these games except for, like, uh, Recoded because it was originally a phone game and I didn't want to play a weird DS game. Uh, I didn't play 358 over two days, another DS, like, Dynasty Warriors type game. I, I played almost all of them, man. I know the plot. I lived the struggle. And I do think that the series has ballooned out of proportion. I do think there is a lot of stuff in Kingdom Hearts 2 that is just abject bullshit. Like reaction commands make the game too easy 
and things like that, but I love Kingdom Hearts deep down, and I think that's one of the reasons that I like to dunk on it so hard, is because, like, I was there, man. I loved Kingdom Hearts 1, and when I was, like, in my early to mid-teens and I played Kingdom Hearts 2, I loved it back then. But growing up now, I can see, like, where a lot of its flaws were and things like that, and, like... It's easy to make fun of, to be quite honest with you, but there are people in the world who Kingdom Hearts means a lot to, and like, I'm right there, I get it. I think Kingdom Hearts is a wonderful franchise, and a lot of people grew up with it. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I absolutely love Toy Story as a film franchise, because like, I was around the same age as Andy uh, throughout that whole franchise, and like, I grew up with that, and like, that's my shit. And that is how a lot of people feel about Kingdom Hearts. Which, you know, they sell a lot, and a lot of people know what Kingdom Hearts is, and that's one of the reasons they re-released these in HD on PS3, and then again on PS4. They're working their way up to Kingdom Hearts 3, and from a lot of the stuff that I have seen about Kingdom Hearts 3, it looks dope. And like, yes, do I think the story is going to be a convoluted clusterfuck? Yes, I do. But I will have fun every minute I play that game, and I think about Kingdom Hearts 1 fondly still. That's what this is all about. So, I hope you guys listen to me ranting and raving about the original Kingdom Hearts for a while. Um, I, sorry, once again, that it took me so long to do this. I was trying to culminate my thoughts, which I needed a little bit more time for it to sink in to see if I still felt the same way after I beat it and almost 100%ed it. And I do feel the same. Um, I will be back eventually for uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 because I'm going to do one on Kingdom Hearts 2 also. I have not yet found the time to play through Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix again, uh, but I will find it sometime within the next couple of months. There are a lot of games coming out, a lot of stuff that I want to play through, um, but i got to give myself a break from playing old stuff. i got to catch up on new stuff. Currently I'm playing like Yakuza Kiwami, Monster Hunter Stories... Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite just came out the other day. I gotta get through that story mode. And, like, stuff is coming out at a rapid clip. It's the fall. But sometime within the next few months, I'll try to get around to getting through Kingdom Hearts 2 so that I can do another podcast on it. Because I wonder if my thoughts on Kingdom Hearts 2 will change after I play it again. Because, like, like I said, I remember liking it a lot when it came out. And over time, my like taste and storytelling and stuff changed a lot and i think part of one of the reasons why i personally like to dunk on kingdom hearts 2 so much is because i know a lot of people who got so into kingdom hearts 2 that it like kind of negatively impacted my experience in retrospect just because like they would always talk about how amazing all the characters are even characters that are in it for like three seconds and things like that and it's like i don't know i just don't see it but I'm going to play through it again, and I even bought Alexa Ray Correa's uh, book about Kingdom Hearts 2 that she wrote for Boss Fight Books. Um, she is someone who I have followed in the gaming industry for a long time, and her love for Kingdom Hearts is like, <laughs> it is up there. It is like some next level shit. Uh, so I'm going to try to read through that before I play Kingdom Hearts 2 again, and we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. Uh, but that is all I have for this this month. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I have to tell you that the theme song for the podcast is the song Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. They're an excellent chiptunes band. I can't say that enough. Say it every every time. 
but you should just listen to their stuff. A lot of it is free. Um, even if you have to buy it, it's still rules. And that'll do it for this month. See you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>